Thank you for listening to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. If you'd like more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithworship.org. Hey, this is, uh, this is such a good day. Honestly, it's so much fun to be here. These guys are, are amazing to watch. Uh, and, and on all of this streaming, like we have been on such a like learning streaming curve and we're getting there. It's awesome because, uh, you know, it's technology. So literally every week you could buy something new, but we're doing a great job. They're doing a great job. And uh, I have a feeling we're going to be looking for volunteers to <laughs> be part of a whole new crew because man alive, this is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. All right. It is Mother's Day, and, and Mother's Day is a great day, and, and I, uh, I, just, I, I find it fascinating um, when you take a moment and realize all the things that the earth does that heaven started, because heaven started with honor, and they honored, heaven honors moms and dads. Now, today... We're going to focus on the fact that heaven honors moms, potential moms, previous. No, you can't be a previous mom. Anyways, people who could have been moms but never became moms. You need to hear this clearly. Heaven honors you. It never stopped. There was never a doubt. It was from the core. It comes from the core of God's heart for his creation. Heaven honors you. Now, I'm going to go through a, uh, a little bit of a definition on honor. And in doing so, I, I just want to be clear. I'm, I'm drawing this from uh, Danny Silk's writings. Danny is an amazing uh, writer and, you know, honor and love are clearly his passions. And he's so good at it. So I figured, why try and come up with my own? I might as well go with somebody who clearly knows what they're talking about. So this is what this is this is uh, this is from Danny Silk. It says, "Honor honoring each other accurately acknowledges who people are, and it will position us to give them what they deserve and receive the gift of who they are in our lives." Now I just I just want to step back again. Remember, for moms, heaven accurately acknowledges who you are, and by accurately I mean. It is uh, pure. It is, it is without uh, any sort of uh, hindrances in its vision of you, in its understanding of, who you, uh, of, of every intimate detail of, of your life. Heaven honors you. It started, honestly, in Exodus 20, uh, where, where, where Moses comes down from the mountain. I think it was a, technically the second time he came down the mountain, because the first time... There was a little bit, little bit of a hullabaloo. But eventually, he came back down the mountain, and, and he reads off what we commonly call the Ten Commandments. And in the New Testament, Jesus refers to these two things as, you know, loving God and loving your neighbor. Loving people is the way we, we tend to synop- bring a synopsis to those two things. So when, when, when God writes, is writing, in essence, these commandments, right? He's taking, <laughs> he's taking the culture that Israel had been a part of for 400 years. They had been part of a slave culture, oppressed, uh, used, abused. And, and he starts out 
he gives them this, this law to abide by in order to shift the culture from that of a slave culture to that of a sonship culture. He wanted to move them from a place of bondage to a place of freedom. I know that the Ten Commandments and all of the laws have been used to put people in bondage for many, many years. And, and, and I just, that's not what today's message is about. It's about moms. And this is what I want you to see. This is what I want you to see. When he shifts from the position of honoring God to, or from loving God to loving people, he uses honor. He says, I want you to honor your father and mother. And honor is that thing that shifts love into something that is personal. It brings about a culture where love can be delivered and received in a way that brings life to people. So I want to I just break down what it does. What, a few things of what it does. Sorry, I, I, can't, I can't do it all. But here, here, here it goes. The first thing it does is it removes labels. It removes labels. Now labels, I, I often... Look at false labels, or any label, really, like a bumper sticker. And, and back <laughs> 50 years ago, in the 70s, uh, I know this because I was born in 65. In so, so anyways, you can do that math, I'm guessing. Uh, I remember bumper stickers were like a big thing. Every store had them. Every, every grocery store, every, every market every uh, uh, tourist attraction, everybody had bumper stickers. And you'd, you know, we'd drive down the highway and there would be cars just covered in bumper stickers. And I wanted bumper stickers on our car. I wanted them. And every time we went to a shop, I'd be like, we'd, you know, wherever. I'd be like, hey, dad, can we get this bumper sticker? No, he never, my father would not put a bumper sticker on a car because at that time, especially, they were incredibly difficult to remove. And I didn't realize really what you were saying, right? You were putting a label on who was driving the car. And of course, I was looking for bumper stickers that labeled me, right? Goofy, fun, uh, all that stuff. And my dad is the one who normally drives the car. He was a wonderful man, but he did not want to be labeled that way. Anyways, enough about that. Heaven views you, mom, without any labels. It views you in the purity and beauty of who God made you to be. Every woman is honored by God in that way. You may put false labels on you, like I'm not a good mom, or I'd never be a good mom, or, or uh, you know, uh, I've been dishonored, I was a dishonorable mom. However you want to put it, God looks at you and removes those labels. It's awesome. He also, honor also removes shame. So remember this, uh, moms, women, God removes shame when he looks at you. Now, you might have shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> shame on you. I might have heard that a few times. Probably not from my mother. My mom is amazing and awesome, and I love her. But I do recall hearing those, that phrase, right? Shame on you, Bob. Shame on you. And, and heaven looks at you, and he goes, shame off you. Shame off. It doesn't matter about your choices. It doesn't matter your behavior. It doesn't matter the way others may label you. Heaven takes shame off of you because heaven honors you. It honors you. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. The other thing that heaven does really well, uh, honor does for you, heaven does for you, is it connects. It connects people. And not only the way that they are perceived by others, but also the way in which the person who's being honored 
gets uh, in the way that they're delivered. That's the word I'm looking for. In the way that they deliver things. So when, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if you're ever reading Scripture, if you're ever uh, hearing the voice of God, and it sounds like it's disappointed in you, then it's not from heaven. Because heaven honors moms. It honors women. It is not going to sound like that. I understand in real life, people may sound like they dishonor you. They, they, you, know, you might even have children that have hurt you in, in a dishonorable way. But know that that is not something that God's doing. That's not something that His Word sounds like. And you could read certain passages in Scripture because of, of, the, of the labels that people have put on you. And you might think that those labels came from God. And you might think that what he's writing about is referring to you and the fact that you missed the mark. And you didn't, you didn't you know, perform correctly. Or maybe you would never perform correctly. And God's saying, that is not me. Because honor doesn't do that. Honor brings connection. It's a beautiful thing. So, so back in Exodus, when... When, when God separates the laws from loving God to loving people, he starts with honoring your mother and father, which was a huge cultural shift. This was a revolutionary mindset. Not so much that, that for honoring the father, because men tended to be viewed as, even in a slave culture, men tended to be viewed as more valuable, right? They had, you paid more money for a male slave if, if, uh, if you bought them at the market. But, but even more so, if your female slaves mostly were given charge to have babies so that they could have more slaves, so that the person who owned the woman could also have more male slaves born to them. It's, honestly, their, their value had so depreciated, had so been culturally defined and, and boundaried that, that there really was no equal value between men and women. And so when God comes down from the, when Moses comes down, God comes down. From, sorry, when Moses comes down from from the mountain with the laws of God, and he says, basically, love God and love people. And he starts out with this: he's basically elevating women back, not for the first time from heaven's perspective, but back to where heaven sees them of equal value. This is huge. This was a huge shift. And it was really important for a slave culture to pick that up. It was really important for the slave culture to say, all right, this is new. And for the surrounding worldwide understanding of who women were, to have a nation, at this point a mobile nation, but to have a nation that honored women was, was a picture of heaven coming to earth. This is why I want to be clear. Moms, women, heaven honors you. Heaven is going to value and give you value and worth that cannot be added to, and it cannot be diminished by any human acting actions, whether yours or others, or by personal characteristics. And we can go through a again. I, I, I the, this this touches on a lot of things, but right there, when you think of personal characteristics, think of how many moms struggle with their body image. My wife is, you know, an amazing uh, coach for health, and, and I know she's not, you know, she, she's amazing at it, and she's helped so many. But body image is so huge to so many moms, and women in general, and women in general. And we have to understand that from heaven's perspective, your personal characteristics are not in the equation 
when heaven honors women, when heaven honors mom. It's amazing, but it's true. And one of the ways that we, those of us who need to honor our mothers and honor women, that's a characteristic we should have. If we're going to bring heaven to earth, and this is all the way through the rest of this message, remember this. If, you, if there's any woman that you've ever come in contact with, if there's any mom that you know, they need to be honored. Because that's a way that we bring heaven to earth. This is huge. This is a lot of fun. This is what heaven does. It, it, it elevates and it values people. Also, the value that heaven brings to you as a mom, that, that, that heaven uh, sees you through, is eternal. It's eternal because it's sourced in heaven. It's not sourced on your behavior. It's not sourced on your personal characteristics. It's not sourced in the culture that's around you. It's not sourced in what was preached to you or, or, or the way that you see you know, Scripture describing you. It is from heaven. It will last forever. And it's always true. It always acknowledges. Where'd that definition go? <laughs> there it is. It always accurately, that's the word I was looking for, accurately acknowledges who you really are because it, heaven created you. God honors you, mom. God does not, does not get get involved in the filters or or uh, labels that anybody's put around you. It's it's an amazing opportunity. Honor is so powerful. It's so powerful and so needed in this world. All right, love. Love releases freedom. Freedom destroys fear. Honor is the delivery system through all of that. That's what happens. And I. I noted this. I just said, you know, any woman, if you, any woman, whether it's a woman talking to a woman or a man talking to a woman, anyone you speak with, that that if you're channeling honor, they should never be afraid to have a conversation with you. Never. They should never be afraid to express their opinion to you. Because honor gives freedom for that to occur. And, and love, it's always delivered in the confines of love. It's, it's an awesome thing. There's moms that, are, that I know live in fear that their child's going to stop by and there's going to be an argument. I've, I've heard it. I've, I've met with people that are like that. That just say, wow, like every time they come over, we get in an argument. They, they have this underlying fear, expectation of negative activity in a culture of honor that never happens. Listen, Again, back to heaven. When you speak to heaven, mom, you are free to say whatever you want. Heaven listens. Heaven honors you. Heaven loves to hear from you. When you live in a culture of honor, that's true of everyone you speak to. If you're going to honor men and women, everyone that speaks to you is going to feel honored. They're going to feel a lack of fear. They're going to be at peace with whatever they've shared because they know it will be received from, to, by someone who is accurately acknowledging who they really are. This is huge. This is huge. Now, this is what Jesus did. Okay, we can go to, we, we'll go to Jesus. Because Jesus pictures the Father. Jesus is amazing at honoring women. I'm going to run through a few, a few of these things. Uh, here we go. So Jesus, 
One of the main, I keep saying one of the main things. There's a lot of main things. I'm sorry. I'm stuck on that phrase today. I don't know why. One of the things that Jesus did was he, he of course, was a rabbi, well-trained, well-liked. One of the things he did that was optional for him was he would teach in the outer courts of the synagogue. He would teach in a place where the men and women could both be there at the same time. That was a big deal. That was a big deal. He would also, what, teach on the mountainside where men and women could be together. He would teach in the desert and feed thousands where men and women were together. To be a rabbi, you didn't have to do that. Rabbis could teach only men anytime they wanted. Women were not always allowed in, even if it was in someone's home. And they had a meal. If the rabbi wanted to, all the women would be dismissed. And it was kind of the natural culture. Women didn't assume that they could stay at the table and eat if the rabbi was there. As a matter of fact, they usually didn't sit at the table at all when the rabbi was around. Any rabbi. So the fact that Jesus would go to these places and would interact in a crowd that allowed women was a big cultural breakthrough. It wasn't illegal by the law. Everyone knew that. He wasn't, it wasn't breaking the law. But I have no doubt it was very annoying to people who thought he was, you know, sullying the reputation of the, of the Word of God, taking, you know, making the Word of God too available to, to basically the other half of creation. But, but that's a whole other, again, hold on the message. Just know this. That very act was an act of honor from heaven to earth for moms. For women. It was, it was a great thing that he did all throughout his teachings. I wanted to, uh, to specifically go to Luke 13. In Luke 13, Jesus heals a crippled woman in the temple. Now, where he was teaching would have been considered men only. And usually there was a barrier of some sort. Uh, sometimes it was a curtain. Sometimes it was a wall with holes in it. But the women would be on one side and the men would be on the side with the rabbi. And although the women could hear what the rabbi was teaching, their interaction was, was not allowed. Their, they definitely couldn't come across that. They had to stay where they were at and listen and then walk away. And then they had to wait for the men, <laughs> you know, maybe later, uh, their husbands or whatever. The husbands would explain to them what the rabbi talked about. Because uh, unlike what we're used to in American culture, Western culture, where we teach, everybody listens, and then we all go away. Rabbis would teach in an interactive way. They would introduce a passage. They would let people share their thoughts. And then they would, uh, the, the, the people, once they kind of shared their thoughts, they would formulate questions like, basically, who's right, who's wrong, which one of us is closer to the truth. And they would go to the rabbi for, for the final instructions. And then he would, he would in essence, you know, give his final instruction or his interpretation and then it would continue again. It would go on for whatever number of hours they wanted to go on. And this is the sort of culture that we hear about Jesus, you know, as a 12-year-old speaking in, in the temple. And it amazed the men that were there. It wasn't that, he, you know, he could be there as a 12-year-old boy. But, but it amazed them what, they, what he already knew. So here he is teaching. And the men are there. And he's a very popular teacher, as we can tell by the fact that, by, you know, thousands would go out in the desert to hear him. So he's there, and there's a woman he sees. So I'm guessing it's a curtain or a wall in which it's pretty clear. He sees a crippled woman, and he brings her over 
into the man side. Visually teaching everybody there that in heaven, it's equal. In heaven, there is no separation. And he heals her in the temple. It's awesome. It's an awesome illustration of, of the love of God and the honor that heaven has for moms. The honor that heaven has for women. Uh, John chapter 4. We talk about, um, or no, it, uh, well, I don't know where this is actually. <laughs> I didn't write down this reference. We got Mary and Martha. The story of Mary and Martha. You got, you got uh, Mary who is, who is listening to Jesus. Martha who's working in the kitchen. All that's going on. It's not that Martha's doing a bad thing. She's doing the right thing. She's doing what's expected. She's doing it probably really, really well. It's something she probably enjoys doing. It's not like they didn't like having Jesus in the house. It's probably a very festive atmosphere. And Mary is still sitting at Jesus' feet. And when the, when the, you know, the, we'll call the confrontation happens, Jesus doesn't belittle Martha. He just says, this is the better place. This is the better place. I think that's really important because he was expressing, especially in the theme that we're teaching today, he's expressing to the woman, this is where you belong. You belong in equal access to God. God sees you, heaven sees you as of equal value to be carriers of the truth of heaven, to be carriers of the love of heaven, to be carriers of the character of God to this earth. This is awesome. This is a, I know. I like awesome. Jesus is pretty awesome on every characteristic he has. And this one is one of the ones I'm emphasizing today, clearly. All right. So, on to chapter, uh, John chapter 4. This is the Samaritan woman. Jesus, uh, you know, he's at the well. Uh, she's shocked. She offers him water. They have this long conversation. I can't, I, again, I'm not going to break it all down. Other than in these general senses. Jesus had a conversation one-on-one with a woman. That's big. That's big. He was a rabbi. Makes it even more powerful. He gave her, you know, he spoke from a place of word, what we call words of knowledge, right? He, he told her what her life was like. She was amazed. Jesus spoke with a woman about theology. Unheard of, except by Jesus. Theology, one-on-one with a woman. No men around to correct her. No men around to uh, help her formulate questions. The interaction that Jesus has, and I know it's short in Scripture, like we... we uh, you know, it's only a few verses, so to speak. But the nuances of Scripture are always that there, this, is a, this is the outline of the narrative. So the story itself is much longer than, than just the verses that are there. But if you just take the verses that are there, you get the sense that this conversation was, was filled with honor. Because there was, this, there was this connection that happened between this woman in heaven. There was this this clear knowledge and understanding that she had that Jesus not only validated, but then increased because of all the power that came from heaven with honor. She received that from, from Jesus and then, and then gave back to him. This is, I, I love that Jesus listened to people 
when, when they were describing to him what he already knew. Man, there's a lot of people who can't do that with honor. There's a lot of people who can't. They start nodding their head like, okay, shut up because I already know this. Or, or they put their finger up like, Wait, I, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know where you're going with this. I know, I know, I know. I know. There's no honor in that. Jesus sat there by the well in the heat of the day with a woman and had a theological discussion. And then another huge deal. He sends her back to town. And she becomes an evangelist. And just, just before he did this, she says, basically, we're, we're waiting for the Messiah to come. We know he's going to come. And Jesus, for the first time, recorded history. He says, I am the Messiah. He reveals his Messiahship to a woman at the well without any men around. You want to talk about a position of honor in Scripture? You want to talk about the way heaven uh, views women? This is huge. He takes a mother and he delivers for the first time. He hadn't even told his disciples yet. I am the Messiah. It's huge. So good. So the men, all the men come up and he stays there for days. And there's a huge evangelistic activity that happens. There we go. Then uh, in Matthew chapter 9, you have the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus is, remember, Jesus is moving from the shoreline to the leader of the synagogue's house. A man who has huge power, political importance, political influence, riches, all that stuff. He's moving with a crowd of people. And, and when, if you've ever been in the Middle East... If they're going somewhere with, a, with their leader, the leader's in the middle. And everybody kind of running around him, all circled up around the side. There's this huge crowd. I don't know how the woman breaks through. I just know she does. She touches the hem of a garment. He notices. I don't have time to break it all down. He stops. He has a conversation with the woman who was considered unclean in front of everybody and probably standing right next to him is the leader of the synagogue. If you break down the Greek, it says he listened to her whole story. I don't know about you, but I'm guessing it at least covered the last 12 years of attempts to become healed. Jesus listened to her whole story. He listened to the point where somebody he finally gets interrupted by of listening to the woman when somebody comes in and says, don't worry, the man's daughter is dead. That's how long he listened. Because that's how valuable she is. He was saying to her, by the mere presence and his ability to listen to her whole story, he was saying, heaven sees you as valuable. He was teaching the leader of the synagogue, women and what they have to share are important. And heaven values moms. Heaven values women. Heaven honors them. Uh, then we go back to Mary and Martha. My last point. Well, not really. Okay. My last narrative. They were, women were the first people that saw Jesus after he resurrected. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. First one, 
He reveals himself to Mary and Martha. They went to attend his, his, his body, and the stone was gone, and they talked to the angel, and they were on their way home, and they ran into the gardener, remember? And what did he do? He had a conversation with them. Man, he could have revealed himself to anybody. He could have revealed himself just to men. He could have revealed himself to a crowd. He reveals himself to two women. Because as far as heaven is concerned, women are to be honored always. Moms are always in a position of high value. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what labels may have been put on you. It doesn't matter what the culture around you. It doesn't matter what the, how your family treats you. Know this, mom. Heaven honors you. It values you. And when you speak to heaven, it listens to you and your whole story. It doesn't interrupt you. It doesn't try to belittle you or push you aside or nod its head and say, okay, but listen to me. It listens to you. It's awesome. I think about listening because I think of like moms who especially have little kids. It's, it's hard, right? You spend your whole day and you don't think anybody listens to you. <laughs> God bless them. Honestly, I, <laughs> I, I get it. But heaven listens. Heaven hears you. Heaven honors you. One more quick reference in uh, Ephesians chapter 6. After chapters 4 and 5 where basically Paul is just giving these, you know, the church of Ephesus just a ton of stuff to keep in mind about practical living and loving one another and taking care of one another and connecting with God. It's just a very practical book. He basically ends that list. I know technically it's chapter 6 and who knows I've heard some fun stories as to how chapters and verses came about, but he, he ends it by saying, honor, honor your father and mother. He goes back to what he calls the first commandment that came with a promise. He's like, honor, because this is going to bless your life. To live in a culture of honor toward mom, toward women, it releases life to you because it's sourced in heaven. And it's the way heaven has always viewed moms. It's the way heaven has always viewed women. So on this Mother's Day, I'm just going to end with this. Happy Mother's Day. And remember this. Mom, all of heaven honors you. Have a great day, everyone. Don't forget to uh, you know, send in your offerings. We appreciate that. Trust me, uh, you know, expenses continue. I know we're not meeting together. You guys have been so faithful, so kind. We appreciate that. And uh, love one another. If you haven't called three or four or ten people from the church, call them. If you have, call them again. Let's stay connected. We are a family. We can't, you know, we, we look forward to whatever it means when we get back together. I don't know what it is. I don't know if everybody will. I, I get that. Normal may never be the same as we remember it, but... I have no doubt we will connect again because God is amazing and his love overrules all this stuff. So love on each other, get to know one another, see each other, have a great day.